We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, I am your host. Joining me as always is Alex. Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Uh, that was a terrible game of football, um, but <laughs> Travis Fulgham is the best receiver in the league. Uh, I don't think it can be argued. There, there's just some kind of rule that if you're a receiver and you wear number 13, you you have to be a great player. Like I don't know what it is, no. but... No, yeah, that, did you see how terrible that, that, Nelson Aguilar was last year? He was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, starting now, it's a rule. If you wear number 13, you have to be great. Okay, I guess he's all right in Oakland this year. <laughs> I thought he was number 19 uh, now, though. Well, see, that goes, but he, he's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, man. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, that was, that was not a fun game, though. You know, I that what just the quality of play was not there and you know the, these 30s these thursday night games in general are bad but then when you put two bad teams on it it's just it's just not fun to watch granted you know carson Wentz did his best to make it entertaining and uh you know shout out to him you know both of alex and i love carson Wentz, even though jason reed cannot stand him for some reason um <laughs> But yeah, we'll get into the uh, the Chargers game. Obviously, they play the Jaguars this week, coming off the bye week. Thankfully, the bye week is officially over. Um, before we get to that, though, I do want to start with our picks for this week. Um, Alex, I you know I, I'm a little uh, shaky on where we stand. I should be keeping track of this, but uh, what are the standings right now between you and I? So you are currently twelve and six. I am ten and eight. So we both went. One and two last week, uh, we both picked the Packers, which was a 
and I picked <laughs> Cowboys last week, which also was a... So, yeah, we both went one and two. Not good weeks. I guess we should both uh, hope to rebound. Yeah, both hope to rebound. We have another head-to-head this week. Uh, obviously, you know, we let each other know our picks. Uh, so th- the game of the week, obviously, is is Tennessee and Pittsburgh. You know, the two the matchup of the two undefeateds in the AFC. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. You know, it's kind of the battle of the strengths. You know, Tennessee has a great offense. Pittsburgh has a great defense. Should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm going with Pittsburgh. I think that they have enough horses to uh, slow down Derrick Henry. And, you know, much to my fantasy team's dismay, uh, A.J. Brown is again on the injury report. That guy just, for whatever reason, cannot uh, figure out how to stay healthy. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh in this head-to-head. Uh, make your case for Tennessee. I mean, I just think Tennessee's been playing really solid. Um, they haven't necessarily needed monster outputs from Derrick Henry to win. Obviously, they got one True. last week, but you know, people have been saying Tannehill in the MVP discussion, and I think he deserves to be there right now. I would vote for Russ, but uh, you know, Tannehill definitely has a case with the way he's been playing. Um, the the big problem, I guess, for Tennessee in this game is that they will miss Taylor Lewan, who obviously is out for the rest of the season yeah. with the torn ACL. Um, and that'll be a problem because Pittsburgh is a blitz-heavy team. But they still do have uh, a good offensive line outside of Taylor Lewan. So I expect them to hold relatively well there. Plus, Pittsburgh does have to worry about the threat of Derrick Henry. Um, so uh, I, I just haven't seen a totally complete effort, um, I guess, from Pittsburgh's offense this season, it's mainly been the defense that's been uh, carrying them, yeah. and they're definitely a great unit with you know T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and all the guys that they have. Um, but I think they're gonna need Big Ben uh, if it does kind of go into a shootout kind of mode. I think they're gonna need Big Ben to play a little bit better than he has been, and I just don't know um, if that's possible right now or at least to you know compete at the level that Tannehill has been playing uh but yeah I I would go with the Titans in this one but I honestly don't know if there's really a wrong answer between the Titans and Steelers I think it's going to be a really great game as you said I I you know I'm really excited to watch this game and you mentioned Big Ben we haven't really seen uh you know we haven't seen a great game from him he's been you know, scoring a lot of points for them, but a lot of that is just, you know, the explosive nature of their offense with Chase Claypool, James Washington, you know, Juju kind of in the first part of the season. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, in terms of the AFC, AFC North, I guess we should mention too, the Ravens traded for Yannick and Gakwe today. That man, you know, just kind of cycling through the league and through the AFC, unfortunately for him. Um, but, you know, he gets out of a bad situation, goes to another bad situation, and now he's in a great situation in Baltimore. Uh, does that trade you know, maybe influence your thought of who is going to win the AFC North or, or, you know, what, what does that trade do for you? Uh, the Ravens are still winning the NFC, uh, the AFC North. Uh, I know the Steelers are undefeated, but the Ravens still have two games against the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers can beat them in both. Um, but it's a, it's a good move, I think for the Ravens, right? They already got Calais Campbell this off season. You're adding, Yannick right. Ngakwe into the picture, and uh, I got to welcome the Minnesota Vikings uh, to the tank machine. 
you lost 38-7 in the NFC Championship game. Stay down. You are trash, and you will forever be trash. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm I'm happy Yannick Ngakwe got out of a terrible sports city. (laughs) Oh my gosh, shots fired at Minnesota. Oh man, I, I agree with you. I, I felt like all off season that you know the Ravens are. You know, I picked them to win a Super Bowl, so you know I'm obviously thinking that they're going to win the division. And I think this only, I don't think it changes that much. I don't think it's going to, you know, affect their win loss total or anything like that. But I will say, the way that the Steelers are playing, you know, this has the makings of being, you know, very similar to 2018 with the Chargers and the Chiefs, where you know you could go 12 and four if you're Pittsburgh and still probably get second place in the division. Right. So. Going to be fun there. Um, What are your other two picks for this weekend? Uh, I had Tampa Bay over Oakland. Now, that game um, is a bit up in the air. We'll see whether that would happen. So, if that does get moved to... Trent Brown, man. Yeah, if that game does get moved to another date and time, uh, I will reconsider that pick and and pick a game from Sunday. Uh, So... Uh, but I will pick the Bucks over the Raiders because it's hard not to pick Tom Brady uh, over a team missing five offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, and my other pick was the Seattle Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think the Cardinals played good on Monday night. Uh, I still think there's some kinks they can work out in the offense. Uh, but it should be a good game with the Seahawks. I believe it's in arizona or is it in uh seattle i think it's in yeah, arizona, it's in arizona. Yeah. Uh, i think it's gonna be a good game usually the seahawks uh, uh cardinals games have been good over the years when both teams are competitive uh i just have russ uh out dueling kyler murray in this one so i'm gonna go with the titans the bucks and the seahawks yeah that game uh is moved to sunday night football because of, of the raider situation um, I feel like I would have picked the Bucks before anyway, but you know, potentially not having, they will not have Trent Brown. That is for sure. But the other four, you know, it depends how the testing goes. Maybe we, we might be looking at another Tuesday game situation. I guess we'll see. But you know, I, with this, there's five offensive linemen in quarantine right now. All of them starters. You know, this game is if it's played on Sunday, it's going to be the Buccaneers in a landslide. Um, Speaking of, have you seen Trent Brown's tattoo? Um, I, I was sent a picture of it recently. Uh, I, di- I didn't get a full glimpse of it, so I'm actually going to look at it right now. Uh, and Yeah, Google this, because it is probably the uh, most outlandish and poorly executed tattoo I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, so I'm going to do a play-by-play here. I see what looks to be <laughs> a football player. Uh, I assume it's Trent Brown himself, uh, and it looks like it has the number two four four. I'm, I'm gonna assume that maybe is an area code of some kind. Uh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> to describe, uh, let's just say fellatio maybe being performed uh, with, <laughs> with with two women uh, under under the tattoo, I guess. And I don't know, man. This is a really weird tattoo. <laughs> This the the audacity of this tattoo, man. Yeah, I I <laughs> this I assume the man in the tattoo is himself, like you mentioned. And Trent Brown is is a large, fat human being, <laughs> and in the tattoo, you know, he's like depicted as Arnold Schwarzenegger, like in his prime. Yeah. Like it's just outrageous. <laughs> and then, like, is he? Does he have a girlfriend? Is he married? Like, what is going on here with this tattoo? I'm so confused. 
if you have not seen the tattoo and don't know what we're talking about, you know, Google it. You know, it's good for a laugh. Uh, I just, you know, imagine walking into a tattoo parlor and saying, I want, <laughs> I want this thing for my fantasy or maybe it's not a fantasy. I don't know. <laughs> Tattooed on his arm. Just, and now everybody gets to look at it. It's not like he put it on his back or his chest. Like now, every time we watch a Raiders game, we have to look at that stupid tattoo. <laughs> Anyways, man, Vegas Raiders for you, I guess. <laughs> so for uh, obviously, I'm picking Pittsburgh over Tennessee. I think that's gonna be a great game, like I mentioned. Uh, I'm gonna take the Patriots over the Niners. You know, I'm, I'm never a fan of of picking teams that are going from coast to coast. This game is in New England, and uh, you know, I think Bill Belichick is just gonna put on another defensive clinic against you know his former pupil Jimmy G. Uh, if I have Jared, I have George Kittle on my fantasy team, and I'm very nervous about it because you know I think the Patriots are just going to kind of take him away. Uh, and then for my last pick, I'm going to take the Falcons over the Lions. Um, you know, Raheem Morris gets his second win as the coach of the Falcons. I just think that the Lions' defense is terrible. I think it'll be a shootout because Matt Stafford is is you know really good, and Kenny Galladay is really good. But I think the Falcons uh, will ultimately get the job done. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun weekend of football again. You know, start off, obviously, with a fun, well, kind of fun, I guess, depending on which fan of, uh, which fan you are, are the side of. And, and, you know, the Chargers obviously get to play the Jaguars this week. So the Jaguars uh, are an interesting team. Obviously, they're one in five right now. Chargers are one in four, but the Chargers are favored by seven. So should we start with the injuries or do you want to start with kind of some key matchups first? Uh, we can start with some injuries. Okay, so we'll start with the injuries. A lot of people have been asking about this. So, Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones are not officially on the active roster yet. They have not been activated off of injury reserve. They have been designated to be activated. So, that's why you're not seeing them on the injury reports. Um, they have been practicing, apparently. Uh, we likely will not know if they are activated until su- probably Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, if Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones play, how much does how much would that influence your kind of prediction or, or your feelings about this game? I don't know if it would influence my prediction. I mean, maybe I would make the the point spread a little bit more. Um, I think it would still be the same result, which is that the Chargers would win this game. But having Justin Jones and Melvin Ingram back is a huge help. Um, using Justin right. Jones on any you know early rundowns. Uh, even if he's on a kind of pitch count, which which they've suggested that both of them would be on a snap count if they do play, uh, and and Melvin Ingram is the same thing. <laughs> um, any snap in which you can have Melvin Ingram on the field uh, instead of Jesse Lamagne or Isaac Rochelle or any of those guys, <laughs> right. um, it is definitely a win. So uh, I think having both of those guys back is huge. Um, Justin Jones for the run game and Justin Jones also to free up Jerry Tillery, right? Jerry Tillery, uh, while Justin Jones has been hurt, has had to pick up some of the slack, do a lot of the dirty work uh, in the run game. But that's not really how the Chargers want to use him, right? The Chargers want to use him as a dynamic pass rusher. They want to use uh, use him as the guy that you saw in the first uh, two weeks of the season who had uh, five quarterback hits, one sack. They want more of that production from Jerry Tillery. So having Justin Jones back um, can unleash Tillery, uh, can uh, help stop the run game, and obviously having Melvin Ingram back, uh, at least even if it's uh, only for, say, 15, 20 snaps, uh, is definitely helpful. 
Yeah, Anthony Lane did say that if both of those guys are active, they will be on a snap count. So uh, similar to what we saw out of Joey Bosa in New Orleans, kind of maybe, like you said, 15, 20 plays. Um, in terms of other injuries, Trey Turner is still not practicing. He is not going to play this week. Um, and the way that it's kind of looking, I'm, I don't know if he's going to be back anytime soon, which is, is just such a bizarre situation because, you know, the Friday before the game, he was going to play against the Panthers. Uh, now it's been almost a month since he's played football. So it's just a frustrating situation there. On the other side, Brian Balaga has been limited in practice. So that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think he's going to play this week. Do you? I think Balaga's going to play this week. Um, if he's, okay. if he's limited in practice, uh, cause you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I think he'll at least give it an effort, um, to try to be out there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm a little hesitant on how successful that will be, especially considering he's nursing an in, uh, injury, like a back injury, which is, you know, huge for an offensive lineman, right? It's one thing for a receiver to play through a back injury or a quarterback, but, it's a lot different for uh, an offensive lineman where you have to kind of be in a stance and generate a lot of force, um, you know, and that's that's a tough job to do when you have a back injury. So I hope he can play. I think he'll give it a go, um, <laughs> mainly because the team needs to have him back over Trey Pipkins, even if he is hurt. Um, so that's just right. kind of the reality there. The Trey Turner thing concerns me because it feels like, as you said, we've just kind of been going week by week, and we know it's a groin injury of some kind. Uh, we don't really know the severity of it because they haven't given us much else to go off of uh, other than that, you know. So I'm going to say that, yeah, Belaga plays, Turner doesn't, so you'll likely see Ryan Groy maybe Anthony Lynn goes back to Tyree St. Louis, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, so I think yeah. it's going to be Balaga, Groy, uh, obviously Feeney, Lamp, and then probably Tevi, uh, or well, definitely Tevi on the left side of the line. Uh, so I think that's likely going to be the offensive line you see. Yeah, I think uh, Brian Balaga seems like he's treading in, into kind of a game time situation. Um, if he has a full practice tomorrow, obviously that would help. Uh, so I guess just kind of wait and see the other offensive line injury that really sucks, uh, you know, especially if Brian Belaga can't go is Storm Norton has not practiced with a knee injury. Um, if he can't go and Bulaga can't go, that likely means that Tyree St. Louis would be the emergency tackle in case anything happens to Sam Tevy or Trey Pipkins. So, you know, the, the chargers could be hurting if Bulaga and Storm Norton are both out. Um, you know, we've seen Sam Tevy and Trey Pipkins leave games briefly to, to injuries. You know, Sam and Tevy obviously got his, his eye poked, uh, according to Anthony Lynn. So in terms of other injuries, Keenan Allen has been limited. Um, Leymah Joseph has been living limited. Justin Jackson limited as well. Um, Tyra Taylor is back to practice, uh, full practice for him, which is good. Um, you know, obviously having him healthy is, is good news. The uh, surprising ad of the day was KJ Hill uh, did not practice today. At first it was listed as undisclosed, um, but then, you know, we, he popped up on the injury report with a hip injury, you know, KJ Hill, you know, we, we talked about him briefly, you know, he, he, he struggled with some drops, but I, I, I feel dumb asking this question. Are you disappointed in the way that KJ Hill has played so far? Like, 
What do, what do you make of, of the rookie, the seventh round rookie out of Ohio State? Um, I don't really make much of it. I mean, I know a lot of people when they drafted KJ Hill because of what he did in college, uh, and right. you know because of his uh, you know time at Ohio State, there was a lot of there were high expectations, right? <laughs> I mean, we saw definitely a ton of KJ Hill will be the wide receiver three. Um, takes, you know, I, I was personally more of a Joe Reed guy, but I definitely understood why people lean towards KJ Hill. Um, I think what we're seeing with a lot of the Chargers rookies outside of Kenneth Murray and Justin Herbert is it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, Joshua right. Kelly, you know, has gotten a lot of volume, but he hasn't been very efficient really since week one or week two. Um, and then you go past that. So Joe Reed obviously has been a healthy scratch, hasn't seen the field, um, outside of a couple, you know, end arounds in early part of the season. Then Alohi Gilman has been a special teams contributor, but he hasn't gotten really any action on defense, which I don't think any of us expected him to, especially given the short off season. And, and KJ Hill was a seventh round pick. I mean, you know, we can talk about, oh, he was the steal of the draft and this and that. But, you know, he kind of was a seventh rounder for a reason. I mean, he's a good slot receiver who doesn't have a lot of dynamic athletic qualities, right? I mean, that's kind of what right. he is. So I, I wasn't expecting a ton from him this season. Uh, I would have liked to see either him or Reed kind of step up to be a contributor, but I can't say that I'm disappointed. And, you know, that the, the drop that everyone wants to talk about from last week was a ball that Justin Herbert zipped behind him. So it's like that would have been an incredibly yep. hard catch to make. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think... Uh, KJ Hill's really been bad. I don't think he's really been good. Um, I just think maybe people overrated how important he would be this season, um, as well as you know, you know what value he would bring to the you know people thinking he would be wide receiver three and stuff like that. So I'm not really disappointed. Uh, I get why people would be, but I think it might just be kind of an expectations issue. I agree completely. I, I was excited about the Chargers drafting him, mostly just because I, you know, I personally had a, a late third, early fourth round grade on him. So getting him in the seventh round, like that's good value, one hundred percent. You do that, you pick him, you know, ten times out of ten. But I was never expecting him to, you know, come in and be this, you know, seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred yard type player. That just was never realistic. And you know, at the end of the day, we have to be patient with rookies, and, and you know, just getting con contributions from Justin Herbert and Kenneth Murray is, you know, their first round talents for a reason. And outside of that, you know, we need to be patient and realize that these rookies are going to take their lumps. That's like that every single year, but this year without an off season, without a preseason, that's just going to be, you know, emphasized that much further. Um, so if you're disappointed in KJ Hill, just be patient, you know, let him develop. He is not the best athlete, like you said. So he's got to adjust to the speed of the NFL more than anything. And, um, you know, he has been hung out to dry a few times by Justin Herbert. He had a drop against Carolina that, uh, Justin didn't really lead him the best way and, and, you know, just didn't put him in a good spot. So it's an adjustment for, for sure for KJ Hill. And, he, you know, he's got to get used to, you know, the things that they're doing on offense as well as, you know, that Justin Herbert has a rocket for an arm. So, 
Uh, I think KJ Hill will get there, but just got to be patient. Right, and in the same the- way that we talk about KJ Hill getting there and still developing, Justin Herbert is still getting there and still developing, right? You yeah. know, so yeah. that's something that they're, you know, he's going to have to work on with all of his receivers, whether it's his connection with Allen, connection with Mike Williams, connection with uh, Guyton or Johnson, KJ Hill, right? The list goes on. Um, so it's all about working on connection with those guys, timing, um, and there was no world in which Justin Herbert would learn all of that in a month. So, um, you know, he's been very impressive, but obviously there's definitely still development uh, on the horizon for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So on the Jaguars side, um, yeah, a lot of people have, have talked about the Chargers' bad luck with injuries, but they've also been pretty fortunate uh, in terms of facing teams that are not at full capacity. Obviously, the Chiefs were relatively healthy, but... They didn't have to play Geno Atkins. Mike Daniels left early that game. Uh, and this week, that kind of continues. You know, Miles Jack has not practiced this week. I don't think he's going to play. Um, Josh Allen is coming back from injuries, the defensive end, Josh Allen, obviously. Um, so he's been limited. Seems like he's training to be like a game time decision. Um, both of the tight ends for the Jaguars have not practiced this week either. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, Tyler Eifert and James O'Shaughnessy. And then the other big one is their safety, Gerard Wilson. He's been, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, their second best defensive player behind Miles Jack. So, you know, the Chargers offense kind of, I don't want to say struggling, but they haven't put up like a ton of points. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense is not very good, and they could be down their two biggest, their two best players in Miles Jack and Gerard Wilson. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Miles Jack, uh, Gerard Wilson, you know, they're missing some other guys as well. Uh, Avery Jones, the defensive tackle for them is on IR. Dontavious Russell is another uh, name for them that's on IR. You know, so it goes past just the secondary or linebacker. They're kind of hurting on defense in general right now. About kind of to the same extent the Chargers are. Uh, on defense, but obviously their roster is not nearly as talented as the Chargers at full capacity. Um, But yeah, those are the big losses on defense. So yeah, as you said, the Chargers have uh, an opportunity here, I definitely think, to, you know, put some pressure on that secondary and really kind of expose it and also attack the linebackers whenever you can as well. Um, the, the matchup that I see to exploit right out the gate is, as you said, Gerard Wilson is out. Uh, and, you know, it's likely going to be another game in which, you know, C.J. Henderson is kind of far and away the best player in the secondary. So can you pick on players like uh, Sidney Jones, Trey Herndon, uh, Brandon Watson, right? Uh, I know as an Eagles fan that there are a lot of quarterbacks who picked on Sidney Jones, uh, for quite a while. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's definitely just about attacking the secondary, attacking the second level. Um, and I, I, I think that's a reason, uh, you know, considering the Jacksonville injuries at the second and third levels in particular, um, I think that's why you might see the Chargers opt for some more early passing downs. Uh, and that could, uh, you know, really work out for them. Yeah, this this game seems like it could be a get right game for pretty much the whole team. And uh, I tweeted this out. Uh, shout out to John Ayers for correcting me. The Chargers offense has zero games above 30 points right now. Obviously, against Tampa Bay, they had the pick six. 
But the Jacksonville Jaguars has have given up more than 30 points in five consecutive games on defense. So, you know, this Chargers offense has a golden opportunity to really kind of, you know, experiment with things. Like you mentioned, the early uh, the early down passing games and some more deep throws to Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, uh, really kind of just give Justin Herbert, you know, everything he can handle in this kind of game because the Jacksonville defense is not very good. Um, you know, Hunter Henry could have a big day, you know, with all these injuries, maybe Donald Parham has a big day. I just think this offense is, is set up rather nicely this week and, you know, they're not very good at stopping the run either. So this offensive line, which has not been able to run the ball at, at all, kind of generate any kind of push. It just feels like a great opportunity for this Chargers offense to come out and just swing for the fences, take all these shots and, and, and see what your offense can do. And, and you know, maybe put up a, a, you know, 38, 42 type output. I don't know if they'll do that, but you know, if I'm the Chargers going into this game, I'm being as, as aggressive as possible and, and really just kind of getting this offense to click and, and get some momentum going into this very winnable stretch after this game. Uh, actually, Steven, the Chargers scored 31 points against the Buccaneers, so everything you just said was wrong. Um, yeah, but they had a pick six. That oh, game. okay. I wasn't paying attention then. <laughs> but- <laughs> Sweet, man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, sort of the same. Uh, I, I definitely agree. This is a, a get right game for the offense. As you said, uh, it's, I think a lot of it will be, uh, yeah, as Justin, Her- we said, Justin Herbert early passing downs, uh, even in a game, you know, where the, uh, Jaguars are missing some of their defensive interior, that might be, you know, a reason to give, uh, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, a little bit more time because they're not going against the quality of defensive line that they went against uh, on Monday night football before the bye, right. Um, in terms of the quality of defense and the linebackers. So uh, I definitely think this is an opportunity uh, to both pass more in early downs, but also, um, you know, if Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly does develop the hot hand, uh, definitely don't avoid them against uh, this kind of defensive line uh, either. Yeah, and I would love to see Justin Herbert get some design runs going. Obviously, not as much as like Carson Wentz did tonight, <laughs> um, but I would love to see you know two or three design runs for Justin and, and get him out on the perimeter and get some some positive things going in that regard as well. Um, I was go just ahead. gonna say, you know, we talked about uh, Tyrod Taylor being healthy, right? This is his first game he's uh, cleared for. And, you know, I don't think it's a terrible idea to use Tyrod Taylor and some Wildcat or, you know, you have him maybe as a decoy in some plays. Um, we kind of mentioned when we were talking in the chat about Taysom Hilling him. Uh, and I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I would go that far uh, because no, Taysom not. Hill coming onto the field on third down makes me want to blow my head out every time I watch a Saints game. Uh, but I definitely think Tyrod can do some stuff uh, with his legs. Uh, I, you know, don't know if he should throw the ball because then people on Twitter will be really, really mad. Um, but right. <laughs> I definitely would like to see a couple design runs from Herbert, maybe uh, one or two from Tyrod, I don't think would be terrible. Just um, mixing up the play calls, uh, I definitely think is the way to go uh, on offense and utilizing whatever weapons you have. Yeah, absolutely. As long as they don't they don't do it in the red zone, uh, I'm cool with it. I think you know subbing out your quarterback in the red zone is just a stupid, stupid thing to do. And Doug Peterson and Sean Payne are obsessed with it. So 
uh don't do that we might see that you know the game might be might get to the point where we might see him in the fourth quarter anyway so uh definitely something to keep an eye on on defense you know this charges pass rush we've we've talked about it quite a bit in terms of being more consistent rush being able to rush the passer for four quarters again this is another great opportunity for them too because the tackle duo of Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor have given up 38 total pressures. I believe four or five sacks. I'd have to check that. Um, but off the top of my head, that's that feels about right. Uh, Joey Bosa, not listed on the injury report. He's been a full participant in practice. Same with Uchenna and Wosu. You know, maybe having Melody Ingram back. This pass rush could be in for a big day. And Tyler pointed this out on Twitter. I would love to see Jerry Tillery go up against Jawan Taylor, kind of that uh, draft battle and, uh, you know, be able to, uh, show who's best there. Uh, what do you make of the defensive output for Sunday? I definitely think the defensive line has a better chance, right? You're, you're bringing in Melvin Ingram, you're bringing in Justin Jones back, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and that helps Jerry Tillery, uh, as we said, in kind of unleashing him, uh, Joey Bosa, if he's healthy and not dealing with like five injuries at the same time, uh, <laughs> would be good. <laughs> Uh, so I hope that by week rested him up well. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think him versus Cam Robinson, uh, is an easier matchup than he's had in a while. So I, I think yeah. that's going to be good for him. Uh, as far as some of the other defensive matchups, uh, I think it'll be a lot about the wide receivers versus starters secondary, um, that's a matchup I'm really interested to watch. We've obviously seen what TJ Chark can do. Uh, LaVisca Chenault has had some moments, particularly in the Miami game and uh, a couple others during the season. Keelan Cole also is not really a slouch. Uh, he can he can ball. So, yeah. uh, you know, the Jaguars have guys uh, on offense. You know, they're not the most uh, elite or the most refined. But I definitely think, you know, if you're talking about speed, uh, or even just some of the big bodies they have, it can pose some problems for Casey Hayward, Michael Davis, and uh, Desmond King. So I'll be curious to see what kind of matchups they do in the secondary. Uh, obviously, I think Casey Hayward probably will have DJ Chark. Mm, I don't know who Michael Davis will have exactly. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they attack this wide receiver group because if you do allow uh, Gardner Minshew to get hot, even though he's, you know, also not the most technically refined quarterback, um, he can make you pay. So I'll be I'll be curious to yeah. see how the secondary uh, matches up against uh, Minshew and those wide receivers. Yeah, the, the Jaguars definitely have a, a nice cast of weapons around Gardner. It, it really has just been they haven't been able to protect him very well, and they haven't been able to stop anyone, and so. It's just not really playing to the strengths of Gardner Minshew right now. Um, obviously, they had a great opening week against the Colts, which, you know, looking back at it is just kind of weird. But um, I really like the the Jaguars' weapons that they have around Gardner, and I don't know what they're going to do with Gardner long term. I don't know if he's their guy. Uh, I feel like if, you know you can win with him if you have the right pieces around him. Um, but if they take you know a Justin Fields, a Trevor Lawrence, I don't think they'll get to Trevor Lawrence, but. Uh, if they take a Justin Fields next year, that's that's an interesting team because I like DJ Chark a lot. You know, you mentioned Keelan Cole, uh, DD Westbrook is is a good slot guy too, um, and they have decent tight ends if they play. So I like the weapons a lot there. I think Mike Davis, you know, he talked about playing man coverage today and, and how that plays to his strengths as a lanky and, and speedy corner. I feel like he 
probably will match up with Chark more often than not, just because Chark is able to uh, take the top off the defenses. In, you know, at least he has shown that ability in the past. Yeah, and I think one of the other matchups to watch is uh, how you know how effective is uh, James Robinson because the Jaguars' yeah, offense has been call. much much more potent whenever he goes off. Uh, so just for context, when James Robinson has gone fifty yards or more. Uh, the Jaguars' uh, scoring outputs have been 27 points, 30 points, uh, 25 points. Uh, so you get that kind of vibe. But when he goes under 50 yards, they have scored 13 points, uh, 14 points against Houston, and then 16 points uh, against Detroit. So you see a marked difference Good call. Uh, when yeah. James Robinson is effective or uh, if they get down in games and can't use James Robinson. Uh, so he's uh, definitely a big piece for their offense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's quite a story, man. And an undrafted free agent kind of, you know, makes Leonard Fournette, Fournette you know, expendable. And then he's played very well so far. Um, and I think, you know, Kenneth, Kenneth Murray and Kaiser Wright are going to have their hands full in that regard. Uh, I'm going to need a big, big game out of Linval Joseph again uh, in terms of run support. Obviously, you know, the biggest X factor for this Chargers defense, I feel like, is Justin Jones. Just because it opens up so many more options and, you know, just improves the run defense as a whole. Um, one thing I'm really excited about, I don't, I'm probably going to be let down, but Gilbert Manzano tweeted a picture of Kenneth Murray rushing the passer off of the edge. I'm kind of working on that. Uh, he's been, he blitzed four times against the Saints, which is the most that he has blitzed. Uh, I would love to see that happen more often and, and maybe not go over the guard <laughs> instead of just, you know, running right up the middle. I would love to see him, you know, be able to move, be moved around a little bit more. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, I would love to see maybe like six or seven blitzes instead of just three or four. Um, but Kenneth Murray, I think he's very close to putting it all together. And, and I think the bye week kind of helped him, you know, in that regard, be able to study and realize and self scout like that everybody was talking about. So, uh, I'm expecting Kenneth Murray to come out and do some special things this week and, uh, going forward as well. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how they use Kenneth Murray in this one. Cause they kind of have to balance you know, if they're going to blitz, you know, what they're going to do with Robinson in the running game. So this might be a good measuring stick, uh, at least compared to other games, right? Jacksonville isn't necessarily the offense you have to worry about the most, but it might be about building up uh, Kenneth Murray's confidence when it comes to uh, blitzing at the NFL yeah. level, um, you know, getting more pass pressures versus just kind of being the run defender or being sort of in. Um, a little bit of pass coverage, right? So expanding his role is definitely important in games where you have uh, easier opponents, so then he can obviously build up to the more difficult ones, right? So I think that's going to be a big part in this game defensively. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the Chargers safeties have to play well, as you know, including really everybody has to play well, and that includes the safeties. I would love to see a turnover. Nasir Adderley obviously had the interception last week. Um, but I think the Chargers need to win the turnover battle this week. And really, more than anything else for me, this is just going to come down to are the Chargers going to come out of this by complacent? Are they going to come out out of rhythm, out of whack? And are they going to play down to the Jaguars' level? They're favored by 7.5. That should kind of tell you the difference in between these two teams. You know, They're both one-win teams, and yet the other one's favored by 7, which is, is kind of a lot in the NFL. So um, if the Chargers come out slow similar to how they did against the Panthers. You know, that's going to be really frustrating. Hopefully they come out hot and come out swinging, get out to an early lead and, and maintain that early lead. 
Um, but you know, to me, this is just going to be an effort game. And like I said earlier, it's going to be a get right game. That's the opportunity that they have in front of them. This should be a relatively easy win for the chargers. Yeah. I think the difference for these teams is, uh, one of them lost games to the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Saints. Uh, the other has lost <laughs> games to the Dolphins, the Bengals, uh, the Texans, and the Lions. So I think that might be the difference between these two teams yeah. here. Yeah. The uh, point differential for the Chargers is minus 15 right now. The point differential for the Jaguars is minus 57, I believe, or 56. So not looking good for Jacksonville. Before we get to our predictions for tonight or for tonight, for uh, Sunday's game. I do want to say, don't forget about our promo code at Manscaped. It's uh, guilty for 20% off at Manscaped. And uh, make sure you go check that out. 20% off is a fantastic deal. Manscaped has a lot of high-quality products. Again, that's code guilty at checkout for 20% off. So, Alex, let's get to the predictions. Uh Maybe your final thoughts. What are you feeling about this game? And, of course, your prediction. Well, I'm feeling pretty confident heading in. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing I'll be watching in this game is, you know, if they do get Justin Jones, Melvin Ingram back, uh, sort of how are the guys coming back from injury performing? Um, you know, are they kind of jumping right back into the lineup, you know, picking up where they left off? Or are they still looking a little bit rusty out there, right? Um, that's one thing to watch out for. The offensive line, unfortunately, still is kind of a story with, you know, Turner being out. But, you know, if Belago looks better, that will obviously be a positive sign in the other, uh, in the, you know, good direction um, if he's able to play the whole game. So that will be something to watch. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, this is a game they should win. They should be able to get a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew because the defensive line and offensive line match up uh, when, you know, looking at the Chargers and Jaguars. Um, th- this is a very, very, very winnable game. This is kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to use the term must win early in the year, but if you want to prove that you're a playoff contender, you got to beat these really easy teams. Uh, and, you know, while the Jaguars do have some weapons, they do have some, you know, Minshew obviously kind of piques interest some of the time. But, you know, even considering all that, this is still a game where I think you honestly have to come out early and assert yourself, right? Um, if you right. put the Jaguars down 10 to 14 points uh, early in the game, I don't think the Jaguars are coming back <laughs> in the same way that Tampa Bay or New Orleans did. Uh, or, you know, Kansas City to uh, sort of a lesser extent. But, you know, I just think this is one of those, you know, games where you have to show yourself off, give yourself confidence going into the two division uh, divisional games against Denver and, and the Raiders. Uh, so this is a huge game. I'm going to go uh, Chargers 30, Jags 23. Okay, so you have them winning by seven. I think that's probably a good call. I agree, man. I think this is a good, a great opportunity for the Chargers to kind of show off what they have and show off who they are. And, you know, Anthony Lynn has talked about that he needs to teach this team how to close out these teams and what better way to, to do it than against the Jaguars, who are not very good. So the Chargers should win this game. 
you know, I don't know about the next couple of games. I think, you know, we'll get to those when we cross that bridge. But I think for this game right now, I'm pretty confident in this game. I think the Chargers do well against what the Jaguars struggle. And that's, you know, obviously the defensive side for the Jaguars and protecting Gardner Minshew, like you mentioned. So I'm going to go. I don't know if this is bold or not. I think I'm going to go 34 Chargers and then 23 for the Jaguars. So uh, I think the Chargers will cover this game. I think the Chargers are going to have a big day from Justin Herbert yet again, and uh, maybe get Hunter Henry into some uh, into into a rhythm. I think that's kind of the the X factor for this offense going down the stretch is getting Hunter Henry into more of a rhythm, uh, being a bigger factor besides just you know catching the quick passes and and some screen game. I would love to see him you know have a truly big game this week, and I think he'll get it um so yeah i'm pretty both of us seem pretty confident about this game uh chargers should definitely win hopefully get some momentum going into the next couple next couple games against you know divisional opponents which are so crucial uh for the chargers goals but uh any other thoughts before we wrap up today's show alex uh the chargers should definitely win i want to emphasize that (laughs) word should because we've uh we've seen the jaguars game uh in plenty of times before so uh, I I hope they come out and play as well as uh, we know they can, but uh, there is a little bit of concern for me given the blown leads in the last couple of games. But uh, I think the bye week has made them a little bit healthier, uh, and I think there's seems to be some tangible signs of improvement uh, at practice this week, and you know changes like we mentioned with Jerry Tillery and you know Kenneth Murray, so. Uh, I hope to see some of that uh, in the game, and I, I just hope they come out with energy, right? We've seen the Chargers uh, come out flat, uh, you know, at certain points and, you know, in certain games versus, uh, you know, you, you talked about playing down to the competition. So I, I just think it's all about coming out there, full energy, take the lead early, never give it back. You know, that's that's kind of this game for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This this should be what the game was like last year for the Chargers and Jaguars, man. And the Chargers really need to come out and and just you know curb stomp the Jaguars and and just beat the pulp out of them. I think they have the horses to do it, and I think you know this should be a really good opportunity for uh, Anthony Lynn to kind of show these guys like, hey, listen, like this is what we're capable of. We just need to put it all together and, and be aggressive from start to finish, make all these plays, and you know hopefully give this team some momentum going forward. So that'll do it for today's show, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure and keep an eye out for all of our stuff on Patreon. We are very close to crossing 100 Patrons. Uh, When that happens, Tyler will be giving away a signed Philip Rivers helmet, uh, which he won a few years ago. I can't remember the backstory there. Uh, But definitely something to keep an eye out. Uh, We will be giving away a Casey Hayward jersey as well in the coming months. So definitely keep an eye out there as uh, for sure. And follow us on social media, always at Stephen I. Hagland, at Alex Lansdorf, at Tyler J. Shoon, and at GC Podcast 17. That'll do it. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you, hopefully, after a Chargers win on Sunday. Hopefully. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 